everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. I am super excited to welcome my friend, Phyllis Krieger, to the program today. Phyllis is the owner of her own financial coaching company, Krieger Financial Coaching, and I cannot wait to hear about the dumb things she has done with money. Hi, Phyllis. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. So, Phyllis, before we launch into your escapades with money, tell us a little bit about your coaching business. Okay. Well, I help relieve families of the stress of owing money. So they can raise their families debt-free. We I assess their financial situation, help them make a money management plan. So they can, you know, I raised my kids, my husband and I raised our kids debt-free, and I really want to help other families do that because it is possible to not have debt and raise your kids. Yeah. And how many kids do you guys have? Seven. Seven. That's right. So I don't want to hear any excuses from the people out there who have two, right? <laughs> <laughs> So tell us a little bit about, tell me a little bit about raising the seven kids debt-free. What what were some things that you guys, what what's like one tip you would give someone who's got a larger family for groceries or something like that? Well, we always bought in bulk. We always mm. had a garden and, and froze and canned our own. We do a food co-op where we buy, you know, you buy secondhand dented stuff and we just, we just ate cheaply. You know, we didn't go out to eat. When we did take the kids out to eat, everybody had to split a meal. So you partner up with somebody who wants the same thing you do. You get one meal and you split it in half. And That's awesome. I love that. And Beverly is, Beverly cannot believe you have seven kids. Yes, <laughs> Beverly. Phyllis has seven kids. <laughs> yep, it is. I love big families like that. So we actually have a little garden here at my house and we're doing something very similar. I'm sure yours was more extensive than mine is right now. Mine is just feeding my husband and myself. Did you get the kids involved in activities like that? Gardening and canning and that kind of thing? Yep. They all helped snapping yeah. green beans all the time. Yeah. Nice. That's a life skill. You know, that's, I, I can't tell you, I'm on a, a Facebook gardening page here locally and how many people are like, I wish my grandma, I wish I paid attention when grandma was canning the beans, or I wish I paid attention when mom was telling me to help her. And, and, you know, it, it really is a life skill. Do you guys still do that? Yes. Um, my awesome. kids are all grown, but they'll say, I wish I would have paid more attention to what, <laughs> what you were trying to show us. <laughs> what do you guys have in the garden this season? Green beans, cabbage, peppers squash, zucchini. Nice. Nice. My zucchini just got destroyed and we got some rain and some wind here yesterday and I lost half of a plant. So (laughs) when it's only two plants, that's a lot. Yes. (laughs) So you have the experience of raising a big family debt-free. So, right. So like no excuses for anybody else as far as I'm concerned, but prior to that or earlier on before you guys really committed to that, I'm sure there was something out there that you wish you had done differently. So Phyllis, I created this show so people can learn from our experiences. We're the financial experts now, right? But we weren't always. So what's the dumbest thing you think you've ever done with money? Well, when I first graduated high school, I was told that it would be a good idea to take out a loan to pay it back to get good credit. Mm. So this was, I'm going to give my age here now. This was back in 1980 when inflation was really high. And interest rates were like 16 to 18%. So I took out a $500 loan just so I can pay it back. I probably paid about 600 back by the time I paid it back. 
And from that, I was able to get credit cards and store cards. And I was able to just go and shop and get whatever I wanted. And I ran up those credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people, I talked to some people that can't, my parents' mortgage back in 1980 something in New York was 18%. And people don't realize how how much interest rates have dropped, can fluctuate. You know, they think 3% is high right now. <laughs> yeah. So what, you got store cards. So was it just clothes? Was it, what kind of stores? Big box stores, department stores? Just department stores. I had a, a son and I ended up putting some medical bills on them. And you just get in this vicious cycle of you got this bill, stick it on the card, the card comes, you know, you pay the minimum and it just keeps snowballing. And before you know yeah, it, I mean, well, minimum wage back then was like $3. So an $8,000 credit card, you know, debt is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys obviously realized at some point that this isn't how you wanted to continue to live your life. So how did you guys get out of that situation? Well, actually, I got remarried and my husband, he was he had the 80-20 mindset that it was 80% about how you think about money and 20% about the numbers. Mm-hmm. Where I was always 20-80, it was 20% how you think about the money and 80% about the numbers. So I was good at juggling the numbers. You know, I would take from one credit card, pay another credit card, you know, so I was juggling the numbers within the credit cards. Oh my gosh. Was- I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that right now. Uh, especially now we have the, the, the zero balance, the zero interest credit cards, right? You've got Mm -hmm. zero interest for 18 months. And I know a lot of people out there are probably like, Ooh, that's me. I'm, you know, I've got a $30,000 balance on this card and I get offered a new card with zero interest for 18 months and sure I'll pay it off in 18 months. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And the credit card companies are just waiting for you not to be able to pay it off. Right. You know, the same thing you buy now and don't have to pay us for two years. Oh my gosh, two years. That's crazy. Yeah. I And I think your example of the 80-20 mindset versus the 20-80 mindset is, you know, we think we can outsmart these credit card companies. They've been doing this a lot longer than we have, guys, right? You know, yeah. if you think you're 18 years old out of high school or 20 years old and getting married and, and you think you can outsmart the credit card company, you're in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. We, we learned together. I used to listen to, we were both used to listen to Larry Paquette from Crown Financial. Yeah. And he just was always saying, you know, pay cash, don't get in debt. And I just, we, I got out of debt and we started our new life together with just, you know, saying we weren't going to use credit cards. We do use credit cards, but we pay them off. Okay. You know, gotcha. we don't, we don't charge anything that we can't pay. Right. Just easier than having cash all the time. And yeah, and and as a millennial, I can attest to the fact that the cliche of money burning a hole in your pocket is a real thing. I I can't be trusted with cash. So (laughs) (laughs) if it's in my wallet, it will be spent on something and I'll go, where the heck did that hundred dollars go? So I am actually better with my debit card. I feel more pain using my card than I do with cash for whatever reason. A lot of people, it's the opposite. And I think it depends what age, what stage you're at. We're since we're towards more towards the retirement age, we're not as you know strict as you know. This is the cash we have. This is what we're using. But right. back when I was younger, it, that was we just had so much, and that's what we used. Our, I think our food budget, our food budget's always been about five hundred dollars okay. for the nine of us. Wow, that's awesome. 
That's really something to aspire to for sure. And that was before Walmart and Aldi were more accessible, right? <laughs> yes, although we did use Aldi's. So there's three of us in the house now and our food bills may be half that. Wow, that's great. That's great. But that shows diligence, right? That just shows mm-hmm. that, and it does, it takes, it takes work to do that. So what would you have, if you could go back in time and not take out that loan, what would you have done to say, I don't need this? Or what would you have changed? What mindset would you have changed back then? I would have saved most of the money I made. You know, people live paycheck to paycheck. The paycheck comes in, they pay their bills, they do this, do that. There was nothing really that I needed back then that Mm. I needed to spend all that money on. And what do I have to show for it now? You know? Right. So the need, need versus want mentality. Right. I would have saved a lot more. Just yeah. for a better future, I would have went into my marriage better. You know, I wouldn't have had that, the debt. Absolutely. So putting away is, is really important. Definitely. So there was something else you had mentioned, and I definitely want to touch on this because a lot of people get wrapped up in whole life insurance policies. So tell me a little bit about the time that you had taken out a whole life policy. Well, it was just my son and I, and, and the salesman came. It was somebody, he was a family, my family used him. And he said about getting a whole life policy, if something should happen to me, that things are covered. So I put so much money into this whole life policy and I got nothing back from it. And I ended up selling it, you know, cashing it in. And it just seemed like a waste of money. Had I put those premiums into a mutual fund or some kind of savings? I mean, even even the certificates back then, I remember certificates were getting 15% interest. You know, you can't even touch that now. No, you know? I got an email from a, from a very large banking institution the other day saying, sign up now for a CD for 0.7%. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to tie up my money for 18 months and you're going to give me 0.7%. Yep. I know. <laughs> I would have invested more instead of putting in the whole life policy. I would have invested and I would have got more in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you touched on also something, this person that you bought the policy from was someone that your family had used. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that because I think we, you and I will speak with clients frequently that who get caught up in stuff because their brother is doing it or their sister is doing it, or this is who their parents used. And it's not always necessarily the right fit, right? Right. You should check around for insurance people that you feel comfortable with. I network, I meet with different insurance people, financial advisors, real estate agents, and I have different ones that I met with that that I feel comfortable with referring them to different people depending on their needs. So if somebody's going to go find an insurance guy, they should talk to a few, they should get recommendations and and go talk to them and see where they stand. Yeah, absolutely. I think and I think the comfort factor is underappreciated. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to work with a financial person, a person, you know, so you're going to be giving a lot of your money to this person, right? Whether it's an insurance policy or a financial advisor and you don't necessarily want the person who uses the biggest words. You want the person who's going to explain the big words to you. Right as opposed to just going with the one that your mom and dad used. Okay. I'm going to use this financial advisor because this is who mom and dad used for all these years. And now it's like, I don't feel comfortable asking him about X or her about X. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think, I think that's solid advice for sure. So if you could go back in time on the insurance policy and make a different decision, what would you have done Phyllis? 
I wouldn't have done it. I would have invested the money somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Would you have, had you done any more research? And I know that term life policies weren't as popular back then. Do you think you still might've gone and gotten a term life policy since you wanted to make sure something was there for your son? Probably when my husband and I got married, we homeschooled our kids. So we each took out a term policy for the length of the time that till our youngest graduates. Oh, that's a great idea. Graduates. We don't need it anymore. The premiums are really low. Nice. You know, and we have coverage and I think, I think it's up this year. We're done homeschooling. Kids are grown. Yeah. So our 20 years is up this year and then we don't have those payments anymore. That's awesome. So you were covered for the time that the kids were mostly reliant on you, either a hundred percent reliant on you or pseudo reliant on you. And now that's been phased out. Right. So if something that's happens to one of us, the other one could afford to stay home and homeschool. That's great. That is excellent. Good. Well, after seven kids, I'm very proud of you for making it through that term life policy and making it through all that homeschooling. (laughs) And some of your kids went to college debt free. Is that right? Yes. Four of them went to college, graduated about the top of their class and graduated without debt. That is awesome. That is so awesome. It can be done, folks. It can totally be done. <laughs> yeah, they save their money. We save their money. You know, they get money when they're born. They get money for their birthdays and there's really nothing they needed. So we made sure most of that went away, that when they graduated high school, they had a pretty good chunk in the bank. And then they worked at 14. And they all, again, they put all their money away. Good. Um, That's good. Yeah. I started working at 14 too, but it wasn't really beaten into me to put it as put away as much as I should have. That's probably one thing I would have gone back and changed for sure mm -hmm. is, you know, because in New York, you get working papers at 14 and go work at a a restaurant that doesn't serve alcohol or you can, you know, be the hostess as long as you're not touching alcohol. And that's kind of what I did. And I kind of wish that had been beaten into me a little bit more that you need, you should be putting more of that away, even when you're 14. Because it's not necessarily that you need the money. It's that you're developing the habit, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Beverly says, great job, Phyllis. You are a fabulous mom. And I know you are. And Laura I is Laura was commenting earlier on our canning and, and gardening discussion. We wish we would have paid more attention to grandma and grandpa. But I think that is a good way to wrap it up. Because Phyllis is really exhibiting the, the old school money mindset. And that's what we need to get back to. We need mm-hmm. to we need to not be sending our kids to college for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, right? We need to be instilling right. saving over spending at an early age. And I really appreciate you coming on with me today, Phyllis. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast: The Dumbest Thing I've Ever Done with Money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.